0: Is ivy on what is the hype with these asia and this is the second episode so in the first episode i talked about my experience working as a youth leader with kids who love anime and i also reflected on my own experiences and in this episode i really want to talk about japanese food right and so this is a really big thing for me because i have worked in japanese restaurants um for the past five years and i can confidently say i have never seen a Japanese restaurant owned by an actual Japanese person um, so I worked at this ramen restaurant last year um, and it was called Kai Ramen and the owner was Chinese uh, the, the cook was Hispanic um, and the workers we were all Chinese as well so despite being a Japanese restaurant and we were forced to say these Japanese greetings uh, yeah, other than that, it kind of ties to Japanese culture it's awkward, right, to see a Chinese restaurant owned by a white person, right? Even Panda Express, which is a restaurant that's actually owned by Asians, is seen as whitewashed Chinese food. And, you know, to some extent, it is. It is food that's catered to the white palate, right? But Japanese food, who, I feel like, even Japanese people that eat at, that eat like Kai Ramen, they did not complain about the food, um, they actually asked me if it was the restaurant was Japanese-owned because the quality of it was really good, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's very interesting to see that, you know, Japanese food and Japanese culture is so well-loved and liked by everybody that, that outside of that Japanese, you know, ethnic group or cultural group, right? Even at the restaurant that I work at right now, we have a Japanese name it's called Kobe Kikatsu, right? So you know katsu meaning like breaded, fried, you know, pork, chicken, beef. We sell kyu, so kyu is beef, so kyu katsu, beef pellets. And it's actually a Korean owned company. It it was founded in Korea. You know, Jap- a lot of Japanese do, do come to our restaurant. Like, come to a restaurant, and then they're like, this is a Japanese restaurant, right? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, why are there Korean words anywhere? And so I had to explain the whole story. Like, oh, you know, it is Japanese, but it's Korean-owned. Um, so, yeah, I asked my boss this. I was like, why do you guys, like, why why did you not want to open a Korean restaurant? Why Japanese? And the answer, same exact answer as my boss from Kai Ramen. It's so much easier to open a Japanese restaurant. There's an abundant amount of Japanese restaurants flooding the San Gabriel Valley, right? There's so many ramen restaurants, sushi, but now we are the first gyukatsu restaurant. So my boss actually owns the franchise rights to sell Kobe gyukatsu, right? So, you know, whenever anyone comes to visit the restaurant, they're like, what is a gyukatsu? Like, they say it's so funny, and they say it, <laughs> and it's like, wow. No one knows what it is. It's crazy. People know about, like, you know, pork cutlets, i.e., tonkatsu, right? Or like, um, gyudon, right? They, gyudon meaning like beef bowl, right? But in, in college, when we would have gyudon bowls at school, they would ask us, oh, okay, chicken or pork. So beef was not even an option, but gyu directly means beef, right? So you can see these instances in which the cultural context, right? Of that food is erased and again this links me back to the topic commodity fetishism right where we fetishize these cultures and we take it we take what we want we basically cherry pick what we want right and we erase the original true meaning right from that culture the cultural context of it right and in this case in my college dining hall which is, you know at ucsd wait this is a ucsd class so yeah it happened at ucsd it happened at cafe ventana in erc erc is a college that prides itself on its you know like global context and how it has like the international house right but then how could they make the mistake of saying oh do you want a chicken udon bowl <laughs> so that is a laughable matter for me right but yes, going back, right, so I see so many Japanese restaurants that are flooding this area and none of them are Japanese-owned, right? We see Chinese people Korean profiting off of Japanese food and, you know, Japanese culture, and it's crazy, right? Thinking about the tense relationship that Korea, Japan, and, you know, China has had, right? Specifically, Korea and China against Japan, right? Since Japan, you know, tried to, like, colonize them, tried, they occupied China, colonized Korea, right? These formerly oppressed groups are now coming forward, you know, trying to make a profit off of this culture. No one ever is like, oh, I think it's wrong that you Koreans or like you Chinese people are like, you know, selling Japanese food, right? But then I have seen so many things on the internet, like bashing white people for selling Vietnamese food, right? Whitewashing Vietnamese food. And I think that's so funny because then, like, I also do not think that white people should be selling Vietnamese food because, like, Vietnamese food, such as, like, pho, banh mi, right? Those things were created as a reaction to colonization, right? To France's occupation of Vietnam, All right? And so that's another topic that I can get into, right? Because I am also Vietnamese and my parents, we eat Vietnamese food. Actually, we are Vietnamese, but ethnically, we're from China. But yeah, i don't heard the term of, oh, you're Chinese washing Japanese food or you're Korean washing (laughs) Japanese food. And I think, you know, it doesn't apply, right, to that because in America, right, we're all just seen as Asian. The historical context, I think, of the relationship between these three groups are erased once we come to America. Once we come to America, we're all treated the same. Like oh you you're Asian you look Asian so we're gonna group you like this, right? But then, you know, historically we see that we're not the same. And you know, I really want to bring in the reading by Stuart Hall called you know the West and the Rest. So at one point in Japan, right, they kind of shared whiteness, I think, right? They were the kind of the they were the first Asian country to modernize. Right? And their modernization came as a result of Western influences, right? So, Westernization and modernization, modernity, are synonymous, right? And so, in Stortz Hall's article, he talked about how, you know, the world is divided between the West, right? The West symbolizing modernity and the rest, right? The rest of us. And so then, the rest meaning, like, I guess everyone that isn't considered modern that isn't that doesn't have power that doesn't share wealth i guess that doesn't have like this you know social political economic impact right and so you know in the article he talks about japan and so you know japan so japan is not situated on the west but in the article he talks about how japan was grouped with the west right so we can see that in this case right the position of the west the west right symbolizing, you know, usually these white countries, right, is arbitrary because Japan is not white, but yet it was grouped up with those countries because of how rich they were at that time, right? And so I thought that was really interesting because, yeah, like, in this case, right, so going back to the context of food, food is so important, right, because Japan is seen as this, as, you know, it was an imperial power, a hegemonic power, right, within East Asia, right? And so then, when we have, you know, these, these cultures, these people that they dominated selling their food, it's not seen in a negative light, I think. They once, you know, oppressed these groups. And then the same thing would apply, right, to... Um, I guess, minorities selling, like, burgers or, like, pizza, right? Because of the historical context of America colonizing and imperializing all these other countries, and having their culture diffuse into these people, their cultures, is, yeah, it's not looked down upon. But then, if we were to have, like, a hegemonic group, right, sell... So, like, hegemonic group, meaning, like, white people in America selling Vietnamese food. Like I said, that's a no-no. Like, no, that, you can't do that. Or, like, I think there was this, a group of white women were selling mahjong pieces. We see, again, a gentrification of this cultural commodity that is unique to that culture. And it being taken out of context, right, for, these, for this hegemonic group to exploit and profit from. And in that context, everyone frowned it. They were like, no, you can't do this. You know, Chinese and people selling Japanese food, but that is accepted. So yeah, I really want to explore this dichotomy, I guess. Yeah, this dual conscious that we have, perception, you know, regarding ethnic food. Been thinking about that a lot, especially since you know me being a Chinese person working at you know non-Japanese-owned Japanese restaurants. <laughs> you know sorry if my thinking was a little bit haphazard i hope this was like a good food for thought and you can think more about it yeah thank you for listening